Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and you're in Soul Talk. Thank you for being here. And today we have a very special invite from my city where I was born, Mexico City. And we are very excited to present you, David Ortega. He has a very, very interesting background because he is not only a coach in different things that we're going to be talking about, but he's also a scientist and molecular bio, uh, biomedicine specialist. So combining the two sides of uh, from science and spirituality, that's what the world actually needs. And thank you, David, for being here with us in Soul Talk. I really appreciate you accepting my invitation in Soul Talk. Thank you, Monica, for the invite. And it's a pleasure to talk about what I do and my passions in, in your podcast and giving the people the most amount of information that they can use. <laughs> I have a I have a question, David. This, reading your biography, it is very inspiring and very different than all the biographies that I have read from many people that I have interviewed because you're combining the two parts that usually they were divorced before, science and coaching or spirituality, they were completely divorced because they were considered woo-woo because, come on, science, uh, uh, can, we can still prove our spirituality. Even so, we can't even explain it. Or God or whatever, we can't explain factor X or whatever, we can't. But you're, um, even with all that, you combine your... You're, because you're also a wellness coach and life coach. And uh, so you're combining your life coaching or your, your scientists in, in, your, in your wellness coaching. Or how do you combine both of them? How do you marry both of them in your career? Well, I actually, I began um, in, the, in the science field and I started to help people to understand the, their bodies, their nutrition, and and from understanding those two pillars, I I started to realize that we need to assemble more the picture. And the picture for me is five pillars, which are the ones that I use in my in my life coach and the and the wellness and science. Because when when we add the other three pillars, which are the emotions. And then understanding how you feel, understanding how do you process your emotions, how much time do you have to stop to realize that you are doing many things unconsciously. Then we move on to having time for do, to do that. And having time to do that is consciousness, is getting into the realm of spirituality and getting into the realm of meditation. I, I don't like to mix and religion, because religion, I think it divides people. And I think that religion is just based on, on dogmas and, and rules that many people have to follow. But many times 
they don't even realize what they are doing. And spirituality for me is a broad concept that doesn't divide, that is inclusive, and that has more uh, also proven uh, facts that we can uh, simply realize when we have time to stop, time to pause, time to be in stillness, and time to be uh, reflecting. And actually, many of the scientists began with spirituality, began by having time, began by reflectioning. Greeks and Romans, many of those uh, uh, scientists, that they were, they have time to think about nature and to realize the phenomena. They they start to explain many things that now we are just picking up from there and calling in another name and just using in psychology and using in, in many of the science fields. So that's how I started to assemble the whole picture. And the fifth pillar is the one that is about abundance. And I don't call it financial freedom because financial is just in the material sense. For me, it's um, a broader term also that is abundance because abundance for me is having the five pillars, having your health, having your knowing your body, knowing your emotions, having good relationships and having time to, to pause in your life and to reflect what you are doing. And of course, trying as much as possible to have values and do the the right things to do. <laughs> I I do agree. Uh, the new science, well, I want to think that it's changing now with quantum physics and so forth because they're starting to prove many of of uh, of the spirituality that now we're living, and but yes, our sci- uh, our philosophers and and the scientists where it started it was in the ancient times, but they were trying to put it aside like that part did not exist when mm-hmm. you're totally right, it started then, and and that's where and it's so important something that I have learned I. I, I, um, one of the things how I heal myself, it was actually involving our mental health because that's what it creates all the problems. And our emotional parts is where it creates all the physical problems or sickness or illness that we can have, including the, uh, the weight. Yes. Yes. A lot of, uh, things start with, with the emotions and realizing that from early childhood, we, don't learn to love ourselves, to accept, and to to start just, well, of course, at that age, we are not developed to understand the examples that we are given many times. And unfortunately, it's just a repetitive cycle. That's why the, the book that I have behind speaks about that, speaks about those cycles and, and how, as parents, we don't realize we don't stop and we just keep messing the next generations with many, many examples of pain or unconsciousness. And if, if we just stop and realize what we are doing and the damage that is, that is doing to the, to the genes, to the brain, to the um, future stages of adulthood for many of the children, we would pay more attention to 
to how we are parenting in spite of not having uh, been trained about that is just having more consciousness and time to to pause no i see that you have um in your pillars nutrition metabolism emotional res uh, resilience meditation consciousness and abundance yes. Can you explain us how do you work with people with, with your pillars? Yes, of course. Well, I usually begin with the first one, which, which is nutrition, because it's mm, the easiest way to get to people on how they eat and understanding their bodies and how many of the food that they are eating is just priming them into certain kind of emotions and also trying to um, not uh, lose weight, but be in the, being in the right kind of uh, acceptance of their bodies and being healthy because you can probably have five or six kilos or kilograms or pounds above your, your weight and be completely healthy. And you can have probably your your weight and be very athletic but you can have a uh, many deficiencies so it's not just about the appearance it's more about your internal health and being more mindful about paying attention to those markers that we have in our internal health and not having anxiety for example to to eat Having that process of understanding how our digestion is taking time. And then once people understand that and um, start eating healthier and realizing by themselves that they are not doing it in the right way. And I mean, each person has its own right way because each person reacts and processes the different nutrients in, in a different setting. So that's what they have to figure out by changing many things, by supplying others, and by understanding how the metabolism works. And the funny part is I still meet doctors and you tell them, okay, what diet I should be or the patient should be. And they say, food is not important. It's like, <laughs> we're in 2022. Really? We, the majority of the human beings, we know that whether we get us sick or healthy or we can fix a problem of whatever it is, it is through food. Yes. It is what we eat is how we're going to be getting sick or healthy. And, uh, and it is incredible that there's still doctors are saying that. And I encounter one endocrinologist here that says, oh, no, food doesn't do anything. Just the medicine, the pill will fix the problem of of endocrinology and just like really like it is incredible that we still they still doctors yeah. that they have patients that they're doing their practice and they still do not see the importance of the nutrition yes that's that's something that for example i i really uh, was very um worried about when I was teaching students of medicine and nutritionists, I was very, very uh, strict in the sense that they have to understand the body and not just the symptoms. 
because they are being trained to under to just uh, react to the symptom and try to give a medication or a prescription for the symptom and they just learn by memory but they don't think that's that's the main problem of the education in in terms of the of the physicians of the medical doctors the traditional way and that's that's completely wrong because they are not they don't even know how the the body works and the biochemistry of our of our body and food is medicine the other artificial things that they are creating is just to to alleviate the symptom but is giving more side effects so i totally agree with you and i have a question regarding this and it's been in the back of my head and i've been doing my research but this is not my expertise or not my area mm -hmm. even if i heal myself through changing my way of eating but it's not my expertise This is, uh, I have heard many times, and I want to see if this is a myth or not, that it depends on the type of blood that you are, it is you're more carnivorous, or you can go more vegetarian. That is true, or it's just a myth? It's just a myth. It's not about the blood. It's more about uh, how you process the food. And how you process the food is only understood by changing many of the things that you are uh, eating and trying to figure out how your body is processing them, understanding in terms of the, well, there are multiple markers in in your body that, that we can measure. Of course, there are hormones like insulin, like leptin. There are other um, markers such as the glucose that you have in the blood, many other markers in the urine that you are going to release also and how you are processing proteins. So we have to look for specific things so that we can know if you are really absorbing the things. And many of the mental illnesses, for example, are just a deficiency of minerals. So if people understood that minerals are just like the oil for the brain, they would start treating many of the diseases like depression, anxiety, or even schizophrenia or bipolar uh, disorder. They would start to treat them by making tests, biochemical tests, about how people are processing minerals and changing their diet because many times the diet is just very poor and they are just eating processing processed food So all of the chemicals that is in processed food, of course, is creating anxiety, depression, and many of these diseases, even ADHD, no? Yes, and right now we have an epidemic of uh, a lot of mental diseases and more after the pandemic. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yes, um, at least I can say in the United States when we were in lockdown that we couldn't, uh, the majority of people started eating more sweets. And more, more, more sugars and more um, carbohydrate, carbohydrates, and that's when you can see now um, in kids in schools and and from elementary to even to college, they went into a big depression. Yeah. It was not only for the social interacting; it was also for what they were feeding themselves. Yeah. 
And, yes, uh, that, that's amazing that um, understanding that all of the measures that were taken uh, during the pandemic started to trigger many of the mechanisms of how we respond to the world. And they change inner things inside of us, such as serotonin levels, dopamine, and many of the, of course, of the hormones, insulin, leptin, all of those were going to be triggered because they are linked together in the social um, connection that we have. Social connection with other people and not being able to to gather with with your family, with your friends, not even seeing people in the street, just messed up many of the markers and hormones that we have that are working together. It's just like a symphony. I always like to think of our body and the signals because there are millions of signals that come into play as a as an orchestra. So every single organ, cell, tissue has its own function and it knows what to do. But if we uh, start um, changing the environment outside, of course, it's going to prime the inside and we are going to mess with the rhythm and with the patterns of the music that we are supposed to have. So when we change the outside in such a drastic way, and from one day to the next one, that's what gave uh, way to changing internally how we were going to react. You know? I agree. And, well, we're touching your second pillar in there, metabolism. Yes, metabolism is, is really, really important that we know that we need to go out for light. We need to go out in the sun to start the synchronization of our internal clocks. So those are the master clocks that we need to set up in the morning and try to, to look, not directly, but trying to look to the sun so that we can start these kind of hormones that are going to lower some of them, like cortisol, and upgrade other ones like um, melatonin and serotonin and many of the hormones that are going to activate your, the glucose mechanisms to start processing the one that you already have in your blood in the morning. And the funny part is I, I do have, I, I'm still running with the programs that like, do not look at the sun directly. You know, it's, it's going to damage your, your eyes and so forth. But I do have many friends that actually go outside in the mornings when the sun is not so uh, brilliant and they are do a sun glazing. Yes, and yes. according to them, they've been healing themselves, um, uh, physical illness, just doing that every day. And uh, what to what part it is true and to what part is just a myth that is going to damage us or is going to heal us? No, that, that, that is true. That is true. We should uh, watch uh, the sun in the morning preferably before 7 a.m., so just when the sun is just rising. In that hour that is just rising, is not dangerous, and you can look at it. Of course, you are not going to look at it one hour. Just, you are just going to take like 
some few minutes, five, 10, 15 minutes at the most. And that's it. And it's not just pain. Uh, I mean, taking your look to the sun. So you are just taking in the, the rays. All of that um, UV light is going to set up these circadian rhythms and transform the many of the vitamins that we need in order to process what well, not many one of them that is vitamin d vitamin d needs that kind of wavelength to uh, start the process of uh, creating balance in minerals that is going to absorb such as calcium which is a extremely important mineral for the whole metabolism magnesium also all of those Minerals are very important in terms of energy, in terms of uh, the glucose metabolism and carbohydrate metabolism. And how the, I have also, I, I'm sorry to bring you out with all these myths that I have here that some of them I follow, some of them I, I don't. But for our viewers, I, actually, it might be very interesting to see, uh, to hear this. I have heard for I use um, magnesium in liquid because one of my teachers told me that's the best way to absorb your body. And many people says no, you have to take the pill of uh, of magnesium. Which one works better, in liquid or in pill? It <laughs> you should have a, a biochemical test in order to risk to answer that question because for instance i i take the pill i don't take it in liquid form and for me it works and for my metabolism it works i feel energetic i feel that also my brain is processing everything well and we need it for the body and for the brain so it depends on on every person i mean if you take pills and it's not making any changes and you feel that that you are not being more energetic or you are being lethargic then it's not working in in that form or you are not absorbing it well that's just yeah. a test and and see <laughs> about your third pillar is emotional resilience yes once you understand your nutrition, your body, and how many of the internal thing works. Now we can go to the emotional side and we can start digging up in first, of course, even if it's um, <laughs> fearful, the childhood experience. No, many, many of the messages that we are still as adult and uh, pulling in our lives and repeating patterns are from that stage because it's the way we learn to live because it's the environment we grew up in and we still feel that connection with certain toxic things that we don't realize until we bring the pattern until we bring any kind of relationship that is recreating the environment I, that, that's my, my forte emotional part. I am a neurolinguistic programmer. Mm -hmm. So, yes, human beings, we are programmed with many, many limitations because that's where our ancestors believe. That doesn't make it true. 
but it's not the fault of anyone. It was just yes. not having completely the whole information. <coughs> now, uh, how do you work with people in in uh, with in your peers with in this area with emotional part? I try to give them or ask them questions. It depends if I am in an individual way or in a group way. I try to give them questions. I try to give them reflection of what were they living, how their parents were in terms of expressing emotions, in terms of how do they demonstrate affection, in terms of how do they allow them to decide their own lives or they were overprotective in terms of the values, if they were um, religious or spiritual or many of those things, and also how um, if they even interact with them in terms of, of having a dialogue because many of the parenting issues also come from they don't pay attention to their children and they don't have time to to talk about many things it's because we go with the gender with the gender division that it was long long time ago the male should be act this way and the female should act this way and more in the culture that we grew up it was more divided in the ways they have how they should function and uh The bread, uh, the one that was going to bring the, the bread and paint for the bills in a macho society, in the patriarch society, it was the male. And the one that took care of the home and, and the kids, it was the female. Now things have changed. It was wrong in that time dividing that in that way because the, the daddy was not going to be involved in the kid's life and the mother would not want to get out of an abusive relationship because she didn't know how to make money. So it was wrong in that time, but now in this time have changed. The roles are more, she's going to be bringing money in and he's going to be more involved with the kids. It's going to be more balanced. But we're still stuck in there in the old thinking on the patriarch society that it didn't work then and still don't work now. How do you work with men now for you? Females, I see them working with themselves now. And all the coaches, uh, spiritual coaching that you see around the world, you always see more females than males. I'm not going to deny they're not males, but it's the minority. So I'm so glad that you're a male, that you're, and you're a coach, that you imagine that you attract more males than females because you're a coach, male coach. And, and males are too afraid to come with female coaches. So, how do you uh, do? You see that difference in in your coaching with males and females? Yes. For example, um, I work in Spanish and I work in English. In English, I have had uh, males that that are following me and that they also are interacting with me and I and that have done programs with me. But in the in the Spanish side or in the Latin American side, it's not that that way it's just still the the old paradigm of not realizing that that they have to work with with their emotions 
that they have to recognize that they need support. And that's also very um, strict for them in spite of not recognizing it. It is very difficult for a Latin American man to ask for help, to to be supported, and to have someone to speak with, uh, to to let the emotions side uh, go out and be vulnerable, and just realize that they also have a lot of um, issues in terms of the examples that they saw, and probably. As I, and as I speak in the book, it's just a cycle that, that we haven't learned how to break. But if there are any kind of men listening into this part, I really, really invite you to, to be vulnerable, to be open about your emotions. No one is going to judge no, you now. And even if you don't speak, <laughs> many times we think that people are just going to judge us if we speak and if we are vulnerable but they are doing anyway so what are you afraid of showing how you are showing the damage that you have showing that is just courage and courage is being uh, able to heal yourself also in terms of the male side we were we were never allowed to say the word love yourself it was like prohibited to say love to you because that's uh, like a female word or a female side and we also have to recognize that we are feminine side and male side so we have that in our psyche in our emotions in our spirituality we have those both sides because males will not be they were not allowed to actually show emotions. Yeah. They were they learned how to hide emotions. In fact, when males are talking, it's like, "What do you think?" Instead of, "How do you feel?" That's <laughs> the question that they always ask. And and the females is, "What do you feel?" More than, "What do you think?" Yeah. So it was not allowed. But I want to think that times are changing, and it is so important that there are more male uh, coaches. So like that, they can guide males because they will not be open to a female so easy. Yeah, doing this job. I I really really hope that in these new times, that many males start opening because we need to balance everything, and it is not a a fight between genders. We have to learn to work together, and we have to learn to accept that we are different in terms of the biology, in terms of many things, of how our brain works. And respecting that, also that's extremely important to understand that the that the male brain is not the same as the female brain in terms of the processing, in terms of how they lighten up many of the pathways and how they start addressing the, the, the world. But many of, of those are just programs programs yes. and old programs that they mean by since our ancestors that they wire our our brain in a certain way that that we can change it we can rewire our brain in the moment we choose different and that's why it is important i i mark again it is important to be more male coaches 
because like that we can actually change the world. I'm not say I'm not denying that the females we don't have issues that we have to work. No. We we do have many issues that we have to work with ourselves, but at least the majority are open. That's why you see many women taking classes on self help or self development or things like that for because they wanted to go to a therapist or to a coaching. They're more open. They understand that is getting to a coach or a, or a therapy. It's not because they're crazy. Is is because they actually need it. And, and every single human being, I have never met one human being that do not have something to heal. I think there are now. <laughs> yes. And when I heard, no, that's for crazies. If that's the case, then everybody is crazy. <laughs> because everybody needs coaching or, or therapy or work with some inner issues to heal themselves. Yes, at, at least the layout, at least the map, in order to to understand that probably if you want to be um, self-taught, if you want to figure out by reading books or by understanding content, you need to know the content. You need to know something about what is happening because just going into the <laughs> world of the websites or of internet and looking for things can be very dangerous in terms of leading you to the wrong path. So it's just a guiding system to understand yourself. And from there, you can work alone if you want. No? I do agree. And I see one of your other pillars is one of my favorites is meditation. Yeah. What kind of meditation you do? Well, I, I practice deep. I, I don't practice a certain specific type. I, I use sometimes guided meditation. Sometimes I use just um, nature sounds. Sometimes I, I use the mindfulness uh, meditation. And that's, I think that's the most common that, that I use the mindfulness to pay attention to, to my breathing. To the, to how your mind starts going away into other things, but not stressing about that. And I think many times while I do exercise, because I like to swim, for example, while I'm swimming, I think many times I'm meditating. Now I am doing that process of the mind that is relaxing, that is entering another state. And it's flowing into something that is um, taking the attention away from the from the worries, away from the problems, away from the emotions. And that's when messages and many ideas or creative thinking comes. Meditating. Uh, there are thousands of ways of meditating. Like, uh, just focusing, I tell people, it's okay, you don't want to sit down, because I have heard, give me anxiety. Okay, when you are cooking, okay, just focus in that process while you're cooking. Nothing else, no problems, nothing that you have to do later on, just while you're cooking. The same applies when you put in makeup. Do the same thing. Don't think in things that you have to do later on. Just focus in that moment. 
And that's one way of meditating. Yes. Thousands of ways of meditating. I love transcendental meditation. But everybody's different. Everybody's different. And all of them are so helpful and will transform your life. I I love, that's why it's one of my favorite ones. And your next pillar is the conscience, as conscience and abundance. How do you work with them, with your clients? Well, I think that if you have uh, been aligned in those four pillars, the nutrition, your metabolism, emotions, consciousness, or meditation, then you, as a consequence, you will have abundance. You will attract abundance because you are already aligned, because you are already in the path of loving yourself in spite of right now or when you finish the program or when you finish the coaching, you are still working on loving yourself. You are attracting that energy. And an abundance for me is um, it's first working with you, changing the way you think, leaving many of the limiting beliefs. And once you you leave those limiting beliefs and you start accepting that the universe or God or whoever you believe in is having abundance for you, is having a lot of things, infinite possibilities for you, then things start to come in your your direction, in your manifestation. This state of conscience, basically, what do what you accept for yourself and if you're worthy or not? Exactly. Like that you can open the doors to receive whatever you are wishing for. But if you're asleep and you're not conscious and not present, you go with your old programs and the abundance just get farther away. Oh, well, oh, you will have abundance, but not of the things that you actually want. Yes, yes, because that's, for example, wealth. No, you can have material wealth and you can be financially millionaire. But in many of the other uh, ways or pillars of your own life, you are lacking, no, lacking health, lacking time, lacking uh, relationships. And for me, that's not abundance. That's just material uh, freedom, no? So it's also having clarity. What I work with a lot of uh, clients is that um, and people is they need to know what they want. If they don't know what they want, is that's the problem. That's the blocking mechanisms of not receiving what they desire. They can desire things and they can have a picture and they can even uh, have a vision board and everything, but they don't have clarity. When I, when, when I ask the questions, why do you want that? That's when I can realize that they don't even know. That's just a, another program, no? Mm-hmm. That they are just replying to. <laughs> I call the, the want is your yellow brick road, like the Wizard of Oz. Because in a way, yes, that's where you're, you want to go to the Emerald City. <laughs> you have to follow the yellow brick road and that's your want. And that's your want. So, yes, it is, it is so important. And many people do not know what they want. They, they know what they don't want. 
but they haven't they they haven't uh, realized what they want because they're so programmed or want what other people want from them. Yes. Know what they want for themselves. How do you work with people like that? Well, I first start asking those kind of questions of how do you see yourself in the next, for example, six months. Then let's go for a year. Then let's go for five years. And then let's go for 10 years. No. And I, I believe that that's very powerful. Your vision of the future is not that you are living in the future is how you are seeing yourself. How do you want to get to that stage and trying to shape your future self with the characteristics that you want? For, for example, in my life, that's how it worked for me very well. When I was in my twenties, in early twenties, and I started working in, in pharma industry that I was in that corporate world, I, I had very, very clear idea that it was just temporal and it was just a, a, a step to give me the life that I wanted. So when a friend asked me, how do you see yourself in your forties? I just replied, when I'm 40 or when I get to 40, I want to do what I love. I want to choose what I want. And I don't want to depend on a job. I just want to be free and, and realize that I have the life that I, that I wanted. So for my 40th one birthday, I had that life. I had that life that I could realize that I, I made it. How? Just by having the clarity, just by having the steps and the discipline to work towards, towards my freedom and towards doing what I love. No? Yes, I, I, I did those questions many, many years ago. It's like, what I would do when I get to my fifties? And when I got there, it's like, oh, okay, let me make a recount. Have I have done this or not? Or what do I have to do to get what I wanted when I was 20? That I asked all those things. What did make you go into this field? Because you were, you're a, uh, you have a, um, a degree in, in molecular, uh, bio, biomedicine. What it got to get, uh, to coaching with people? My life. I think that my own life gave me the answers. And, and I was just very curious as a scientist. <laughs> so I allow myself to reflect a lot in my life and to think a lot if I was fulfilled, if I was happy, if what I was doing had meaning. And each year I have a tradition of reflecting about my life and the year. And doing that was very powerful for me because every year I was asking different questions. And that led me to, in the, the year of 2016, that's when my brother introduced me to the world of coaching and it just, uh, picked up on me. 
it just called me in a very, very strong way. And that's when I decided to, to start transitioning into that world. I was in that year teaching in the, in the academy. I was teaching in, in medicine and in nutrition, biochemistry, but I, I started to ask the questions about creating a business, creating a coaching. And based on my own life, based on how I start assembling my life and the way I process the things, the way I understood my body, the way I understood that we are not one single thing. We are not just food. We are not just nutrition. We are not just a body. We are not just emotions. We are not just uh, stillness or consciousness. We are a mixture of and a blend of everything. I I do agree with that. And yes, it did take us to a very interesting paths where we are now and uh where people can find you, uh maybe. I have the the main part that they can find me is in my website is triple w dot david ortega b dot com. That's the the main gateway to, to many of my channels. And in Facebook, also you can find, they can find me as David Ortega B. That's the, the easiest way. And I appear as molecular specialist, molecular biomedicine specialist. And that's the, the way it has to appear. And in Instagram, I, uh, Dave Ortega B. I will put a, I will set up the links for anyone that wanted to contact you so like that they can contact you because it is important the work you're doing and it is important that I hope we have many males uh, uh, looking at this video and of course if you're a female he, he can help you out at the same time but uh, I believe that there are more males that are more open to male coaches than female coaches, and it is amazing that there are people like you working in English or Spanish, he, he, both mm -hmm. languages. And thank you so much. Do you have something else that you would like to add? Um, well, just um, for the people that are listening, give yourself the opportunity to experience a, a different kind of life. I know that many of us uh, got stuck in some of the programming and we don't seem to find a way to break those cycles but this is the first steps and they are just baby steps to get out from there we are not in a hurry this takes time and this is discipline but that's the best way to live your life that is true <laughs> thank you everybody for seeing uh, Soul Talk. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. And hey, it is a podcast and this episode actually help you. Share it, share it with your friends. It might be someone else that it might be interested to see it. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com 
and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass on how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.